Okay, hello and welcome back. Today I am going to be interviewing someone who has been through the rehab facilities and who has also worked in healthcare. Um, previously, we interviewed Mrs. Wickham and reviewed with her over what we talked about. So I'm looking forward to getting some insight from you on what you've seen in your experiences. So for the first question, do you think that excessive use of marijuana could lead to the temptation to maybe try and abuse different substances for a better high? I think that it, they do say that it's the gateway drug. Um, that's what I've always heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to tell you that the brain isn't fully developed until 25, and this is scientifically backed up, would you support me if I said it is a good idea to put an age limit on medical marijuana on when we can start using it? I would have to say no, because there are a lot of, you know, younger kids, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old that are terminally ill that could benefit from But what would you say to someone who maybe had, you know, pain or anxiety using medical marijuana? What would you say to that? If it benefits them, I know a lot of people with post-traumatic stress or anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. they say they will benefit from the use of marijuana. Personally, I think it would give them more anxiety. That's interesting that you say that because I've been doing a study on that. I mean, I'm not really looking to see what they say, hypothetically. I want to hear what you think um, and why you think that. So, I mean, what do you think is the main root of the substance abuse global issue? Like, do you think that these kids... Um, are listening to it in the music and being constantly having it pounded into their head or do you think it's peer pressure where do you think the root starts the root always starts at home and being educated properly at home Mm -hmm. and then some of these kids you know just don't have a fighting chance and that makes me want to cry because some of these kids are growing up in homes where Mm -hmm. there's substance abuse and so they're not being educated properly on it Mm -hmm. so if we were going to take a step to start tackling substance abuse or maybe tame it for this next generation do you think that we should implement more education in the school systems I think that is where we need to start. We need to get a hold of them at a young age. And I'm not talking about one assembly for the whole year. I'm talking about repeated education throughout the school year. Um, I think we need to get this in the kids' heads while they're little. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if we do that, I think in our future, we might see a decrease of overdoses Mm -hmm. because I know... We have seen a lot of overdoses here lately, Mm -hmm. and it's sad. Like me growing up, you never even heard of heroin when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I never... Right. And it sounds like it's everywhere now, Mm -hmm. and and that's sad. And we've got to get a hold on it. We have to, and I think the best way to do that is start educating these kids young as soon as they come Mm -hmm. into grade school. Um, Just... Proper education because 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, some of these kids are coming from homes where substance abuse is yeah. happening. And, you know, they might yeah. even, I mean, some kids are using with their parents. Yeah. And that's sad, too, because it's like they don't even have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we talked about how, you know, substance abuse, we think, can lead to unemployment and crime rates and broken homes. But really, when you look at it, a kid that's coming to school high or drunk or hungover, I mean, now that you say that, that kind of leads me to think, wow, like, that's really affecting their education system. I mean, I'm not going to say names or anything, but I've heard of kids dropping out and to join the drug industry at such a young age and it sucks because they grew up in a home and they were under the influence of it all the time and they didn't see anything wrong with it and you know not only that like you get some kids that are um you know just more keep to themselves kind of loners i mean that doesn't make them bad Mm -hmm. but then like you said then the peer pressure comes in or just wanting to feel like they need to fit in and then that I mean, addiction starts so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Why do you think substance abuse raises crime rates? Well, because um, some people lose their jobs. They need their they need to afford their addiction. So then they go and they start breaking into houses or cars or robbing people, and then. Some of them try to rob people at gunpoint, things Mm -hmm. go wrong, then you've got a murder, homicide. Um, Yeah, it's just a huge ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going to be kind of a personal and vulnerable question. Just answer however you feel, and um, we can go off on different conversations. But um, I just want to hear a little bit about what was your experience like in a rehab facility? In a rehab facility, I will have to say that not too many people were in there for marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't tell you if marijuana makes people's lives un- unmanageable. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you that. But, but you I- personally, how... What What got you to the point of going to a rehab facility? When did you say, okay, this is where I need help or did the courts tell you that you needed help (laughs) (laughs) well um drinking and driving Mm -hmm. so yeah uh and of course the courts Mm -hmm. had me going um what just tell me a little bit about it like what was it like there for you what did they have you do how were you monitored What do you feel like they could have done a better job at? And maybe what were some temptations or hindrances? The treatment facility that I went to that um, I probably got the most out of was not a co-ed treatment center. What is that? Co-ed is when the guys and the girls are in the same groups, in the same building. And when you get that, you know, a lot of them ain't focusing on themselves because mm-hmm. they get into emotional entanglements mm-hmm. so but the treatment facility that I went to and I got a lot out of it and they didn't focus solely on the addiction they they dug in deep and they they went back in your childhood or Mm-hmm. went back and seen what 
what things affected it and mm-hmm. how you're you're using the substance to mask other things yeah. like they really reached in deep so it sounds like to me that a lot of people have a lot of different reasons for abusing these substances but it really all comes down to once you make that decision and make that step into that lifestyle it really does spiral out of control is what I'm hearing depending on the substance you're abusing um, so it's interesting because a lot of times we just label someone as a stoner because maybe they were peer pressured, but you know, you don't always think maybe they were raised into it or maybe they don't feel like they're enough or maybe they're dealing with mental issues that they didn't know that they had and they're just trying to suppress those. And see, that's, um, there was, you all heard the term a lot in one of the treatment centers I was in, um, codependency, um, some people don't even necessarily just use drugs. They get in bad relationships because it's like they need something, mm-hmm. you know, like they're codependent either on drugs mm-hmm. and people or, yeah. and then they find themselves in horrible relationships. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's kind of what addiction looks like to me is thinking you need something and getting dopamine off of the best parts so much so that you ignore all the toxicity that it brings to your life. Did you know this? That jogging and running releases the same stuff in your brain that smoking marijuana does? I read that somewhere. Now, don't quote me because mm-hmm. I'm... Well, have, you've heard I, of the runner's high before. Yeah, then I, I read something mm-hmm. that that is what it releases. It releases the same thing that marijuana does. Don't quote me on it, but I did read it somewhere. I can't. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think could have been something that would have hindered you in one of those facilities to maybe that when you get back out, you would go back to it? Well, they have they have several other options, like when you get out of an inpatient treatment. They have um, narcotics anonymous meetings, AA meetings, and... I think that helps them stay sober longer if they stay in those programs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. How have you personally had your life? Here, I'll wait till the dog stops drinking water. Let me see what time this is so I can cut this out and remember. Okay. No, that's not yours. That's my doggie's food. Don't do that. She's not going to like you very much. Okay. Okay. not your food dude that's my dog's food come here nova stop stop it's not yours macy go eat your supper it's okay go eat your food 
just like, bro, you just literally. <laughs> it's okay, Liz. She's jealous. It's okay, Liz. Okay, next questions. Um, how have you personally had your life affected by substance abuse and um, would you say that those issues are global issues that other people suffer with it? Personally, um, I know, like, my drinking, I mean, costed me tons of money in the court systems because of the DWI, and, Mm -hmm. um, then it took away from me being at home and doing the things I needed to do for my family because then I was wrapped up and Mm -hmm. having to do what I had to do for probation and Mm -hmm. all that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few more. Um, so, would you agree wholeheartedly that substance abuse does lead to these other issues? Oh, yes. It leads to a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, the crime rate, the, the broken homes, the abuse, Mm -hmm. the domestics, I mean. Mm -hmm. How have you seen other families impacted by substance abuse? seen kids have to grow up without their parents because of it. Um, do you think substance abuse could ever go away? Why or why not? I don't, I think it's always going to be there. I think there's always going to be substance abuse. Um, just because people have addictive personalities some people might be addicted to food. Some people might be addicted to working out. Some people might be addicted to gambling. Mm-hmm. It, and some people might be addicted to alcohol or drugs. I mean, everybody seems like everybody's addicted to something. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are workaholics. Some people, I mean, I think there's always going to be. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, you think we might never be able to get a get it, you know, gone completely, do you think that should stop us from trying and really buckling down on the issue? Repeat that question one more time. Um, even though you may think that substance abuse may never go away completely because it's an industry, um, do you think that should stop us from trying to buckle down on the issue and get it under control as much as possible? No, I think that that's exactly what we need to do, and I think it needs to start in early education mm-hmm. and and drilling that into the kids, you know, at a young age and mm-hmm. and letting them see what it can lead to in their lives if they do, if they choose to do that. Mm-hmm. When it okay, well. Um, what do you think is something, yeah, let me ask you a different question. What are a few ways that lower substance abuse rates could affect us globally or right here locally? 
right here locally, I would have to say we wouldn't see so many overdoses. And I think, again, getting early education out there to young kids, I think in 10 years, if we do that the next 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe a lot of the crime rates would go down. Mm-hmm. If we continued at the early education, I think, is probably the best way. Mm-hmm. Starting when they're in grade school and, and educating them on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, personally, one of my opinions on it is, you know, I think it's great, and I do think, I agree with you, that we should implement it at a very young age in the education system. But, I mean, one of the things that's always going to be around is there's always going to be peer pressure. There's always going to be influence. I mean, just if you look at the, the mainstream music that most teenagers listen to, is probably rap or even country. And what do those songs talk about the most? <laughs> Drugs, sex, and girls, and beer. So, um, it's really, unfortunately, it's so normalized. And I feel like that's a great way of starting in the education system to give it a bad rep from the get-go. That's, I think that's a great way to really just kind of... Um, You're going to have a hard time doing that with alcohol just because it sponsors like NASCAR stuff. It sponsors a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, everywhere you go, when you pull into the gas station, you pull up and it's advertising mm-hmm. 50 different alcohols, you know. Yeah. Or, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, people think it's fine. People love the high. That's what people chase, you know. People chase highs, whether it's drugs or, you know, the rock climbing. Everyone is looking for that gratification. So if we, you know, implement gratification with other healthy things, starting from a young age in the education system, that's a great way to kind of um, stifle the stigma about it. Um. If you have any last remarks that you want to add, any last personal experiences, what do you what do you think about this interview or this podcast or just like the whole purpose behind it? How do you feel about it? I think it's it's a subject that definitely needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm glad that you asked me to do it. I know that I'm a little nervous because <laughs> I do okay. have anxieties mm-hmm. and post-traumatic stress, but. Um, it is definitely something that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for your vulnerability and just your time and your insight on the issues today. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad we could have you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to this episode of my podcast on substance abuse and how it relates to global issues. In this episode, I will be reflecting back on my previous interview with a former addict. After speaking with the former addict, I noticed that we had very different viewpoints on the marijuana legalization. However, when I asked her her opinion on medical marijuana with people who have anxiety, she said, personally, I think it will give them more anxiety. I also observed that she brought up other points such as the education system and lack of education even at home. She expressed how important it was to her that the school does its job of keeping constant education about substance abuse to help lower the rates for the next generation. This made me make connections to my last reflection where I wanted to seek out other issues or roots of the issue. 
She brought to my attention the mental health almost immediately. After doing some research, I found that a study done by the National Institute on Drug Abuse reported chronic use of some drugs can lead to both short and long-term changes in the brain, which in turn can lead to mental health issues including paranoia, depression, anxiety, aggression, hallucinations, and other problems. This unfortunately did not surprise me, as I have heard of many addicts being prescribed medications for mental ailments only to abuse those pills and further the vicious cycle of their addiction. The woman I interviewed also strongly expressed the need for not only awareness, but thorough education prevention constantly throughout the curriculum to help the lower abuse rates for the next generation. Her claim for the education of drug abuse stood out to me because not only could education help lower substance abuse rates, substance abuse rates could lower the degree of education an individual may get. After talking with her, I realized that many students drop out to join in the profit from the drug industry. Not only does this contribute to the lack of education we face as a global issue, it also contributes to the unemployment rate because addicts profit from a living off of their addiction rather than working a real job. Following up on our different opinions with the legalization of marijuana, after I had informed her that the brain was not fully developed until the age of 25, I suggested to her that maybe there should be a policy change on the age we can access these substances. We disagreed because she claimed, you don't see someone smoke a joint and kill a family of four in a car crash, but that happens with alcohol. Granted, it is more common to see this incident in the case of alcohol. However, that still does not shake the fact that the brain is not fully developed until the age of 25, and like stated in the source before, it messes up brain, brain function and performance. This in turn could impact our ability to function in the workforce, in your home as a functional family member, or in your ability to learn in the school. All of these are global issues today that are heavily impacted by substance abuse. Not to mention, an article from US News has shown that raising the drinking age saves an estimated 900 lives annually. To wrap up and complete this podcast, I'm thankful for the insight and perspectives of both of the people I've interviewed. After hearing their own personal experiences and doing my own research, I stand strong in my claim that substance abuse is a huge root in other global issues such as employment, crime, unemployment, crime rates, broken homes, the education system, and mental health issues. I know that if we want to start tackling these global crises, we need to start with breaking down substance abuse first and foremost by spreading awareness and prevention, lessons in the education system curriculum, as well as making addicts feel comfortable to reach out and to get themselves help. Hello and welcome back to this episode of my podcast on substance abuse and how it relates to global issues. In this episode, I will be reflecting back on my previous interview with a former addict. After speaking with the former addict, I noticed that we had very different viewpoints on the marijuana legalization. However, when I asked her her opinion on medical marijuana with people who have anxiety, she said, personally, I think it will give them more anxiety. I also observed that she brought up other points such as the education system and lack of education even at home. She expressed how important it was to her that the school does its job of keeping constant education about substance abuse to help lower the rates for the next generation. This made me make connections to my last reflection where I wanted to seek out other issues or roots of the issue. She brought to my attention the mental health almost immediately. After doing some research, I found that a study done by the National Institute on Drug Abuse reported chronic use of some drugs can lead to both short and long-term changes in the brain which in turn can lead to mental health issues including 
paranoia, depression, anxiety, aggression, hallucinations, and other problems. This, unfortunately, did not surprise me, as I have heard of many addicts being prescribed medications for mental ailments only to abuse those pills and further the vicious cycle of their addiction. The women I interviewed also strongly expressed the need for not only awareness, but thorough education prevention constantly throughout the curriculum to help the lower abuse rates for the next generation. Her claim for the education of drug abuse stood out to me because not only could education help lower substance abuse rates, substance abuse rates could lower the degree of education an individual may get. After talking with her, I realized that many students drop out to join in the profit from the drug industry. Not only does this contribute to the lack of education we face as a global issue, it also contributes to the unemployment rate because addicts profit from a living off of their addiction rather than working a real job. Following up on our different opinions with the legalization of marijuana, after I had informed her that the brain was not fully developed until the age of 25, I suggested to her that maybe there should be a policy change on the age we can access these substances. We disagreed because she claimed, you don't see someone smoke a joint and kill a family of four in a car crash, but that happens with alcohol. Granted, it is more common to see this incident in the case of alcohol. However, that still does not shake the fact that the brain is not fully developed until the age of 25, and like stated in the source before, it messes up brain, brain function and performance. This, in turn, could impact our ability to function in the workforce, in your home as a functional family member, or in your ability to learn in the school. All of these are global issues today that are heavily impacted by substance abuse. Not to mention, an article from U.S. News has shown that raising the drinking age saves an estimated 900 lives annually. To wrap up and complete this podcast, I'm thankful for the insight and perspectives of both of the people I've interviewed. After hearing their own personal experiences and doing my own research, I stand strong in my claim that substance abuse is a huge root in other global issues such as employment, crime, unemployment, crime rates, broken homes, the education system, and mental health issues. I know that if we want to start tackling these global crises, we need to start with breaking down substance abuse first and foremost by spreading awareness and prevention, lessons in the education system curriculum, as well as making addicts feel comfortable to reach out and to get themselves help.